Welcome to the Words of Witness podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Derek Thomas, and I pray that the podcast today blesses you and inspires you to live a life that's worthy of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords that we serve. Enjoy today's podcast. God bless. jump right into lesson six in, in our study of uh, uh, the book from moving from uh, from Abraham to Abraham moving from calling the commission and this lesson was is really a, a, a critical point in the journey because all of us fall prey to, to, to sweating the small stuff all of us fall prey to sweating the small stuff and as the Lord led me back through this again to look at it um, again after being away from it for some time. He he opened up my understanding with the same question that I'm going to pose to you all. And that question is this. What's a snapshot? Simple question or so I thought until the Lord began to un unfold some things before me. But let's start there. I'm asking that question of you. What's in your opinion? What is a snapshot? Anybody? This is it's a small portion of a bigger picture. Okay. Okay. All right. Small portion of a bigger picture. Okay. Practically, what's a snapshot? We we when 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 we go on trips, we we take snapshots. What, what's a snapshot when you take one with your phone or with a camera? What's a snapshot? Picture. Yeah. Picture. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just a picture, right? Picture. Okay. And that's what I said. I said the same thing, a picture. I said the same thing, a picture. But when I looked at the definition, uh, and looking at the definition, the Lord gave me this verse to go with it. And I didn't understand it until he showed me the definition in full. And it says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And... I'll read what it says here, then I'll, then I'll expound. A snapshot is an informal photograph that's taken by an amateur with the intent of capturing a memory. That's the definition. This picture is designed to trigger memories for the photographer of a much bigger picture. Well, let's pause right there. And as I read that, I started thinking back to the albums I got in my phone and I got all kinds of albums in my phone. I got albums from from from, you know, our son's graduation. I got albums from trips that we've taken. I have, you know, that, that first lady and I've taken. I got albums from everything. And each one of those snapshots I look at. It makes me think about, you know, the time, the place, what was going on at that point in time. And it gives me much bigger picture. And that's normal. But what happens is because, and we've talked about this on more than one occasion, the enemy cannot create. All the enemy can do is recreate. And what he does is he takes this whole premise of a snapshot. He takes this definition of a snapshot and he perverts it so that it becomes something negative going on here. Spiritually, this becomes a challenge to our faith walk. When we adopt a snapshot mindset and what a snapshot mindset is, is it's a site based mindset. And what it does is it takes a snapshot 
and it makes it disproportionate to the grand scheme of things. And it makes it disproportionate to the grand scheme of things so that, and we talked about this last night, the men did, we talked about this last night in, in, in dealing with fear. The belief, in most cases, fear is a belief. The, dis, the disproportionate view of the snapshot is designed to usher fear in which short circuits faith. Because fear is the belief that something or someone is, go, is a threat or is going to harm us or is going to do something ill to us. And in most cases, fear is rooted in something that's never going to happen. And when the enemy comes in and distorts that snapshot and makes it seemingly bigger than it really is in that instant, what it does is it begins to take up all the space on the screen in our minds. And we begin to, to think, if we're not careful, that that snapshot is the whole picture for our lives. And that becomes important to understand when we find ourselves, I call it on the back nine of our faith journey. And, and the back nine in golf is basically the, the, the back half of the course where usually no press goes, usually there's really no audience there. But it's the nine, it's the first half of the course where you know, the leaders become leaders. They, they do a, a good job on the back nine where there's no recognition, where there's no accolades, where there's no uh, uh, publicity. And what, what's done on the back nine when it comes around to the front nine where everybody sees it, it determines your position in the race. And it determines how much attention people are going to pay to you. What happens is that when we're in the back nine phase of our faith journey, when we're in our faith journey like, like Abram was, when we're walking the back nine, if you will, trying to figure this thing out, trying to learn it, trying to get take the nuts and bolts that have been given to us and trying to take them and, and be led by God to put them together and it's not making sense. It's where the battle between our sight and our faith is taking place. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for, it's the evidence of things not seen. Our work and definition of faith, again, is saying faith is saying that it is so, even when it's not so, that it might be so because God said so. And the snapshot mentality is the battle that takes place when we're saying so, even though it's not so. Because we're saying that it's this, this, and this. But our sight line is saying, well, I don't see what you're saying. I see this this and this and it doesn't line up so what we've got to understand and we got to and what we have to realize in moving from our calling to our commission is that it's critical that we always remember this one thing and each lesson i've tried to give a working definition of something I'm, i didn't do that this time what i wanted to do is give you something to hold on to in the hopes that you'll remember it in your life remember that life is not a snapshot it's a mosaic Life is not a snapshot. It's a mosaic. And the picture here is of a mosaic. And what a mosaic is, is it's a bunch of snapshots that are put together that can either make a bigger picture. Like you've some perhaps in, in, in art galleries or maybe on some commercials, you've seen mosaics that you, you, up close. You may see like what well, picture of one thing. But if you back up far enough, those pictures will all be color coordinated in such a way so they make like a picture of something bigger. It might be a picture of like a person holding a camera or something like that. Or in the case like this, this is a mosaic of sunrises, sunsets, different things that this person finds peace in. The point that I'm making is this. A mosaic is not just one snapshot. 
A mosaic is a series of snapshots that are put together so that the individual that looks at it can see the story and gain, a, gain an understanding of the story and gain an appreciation of the story. Each and every one of our faith walks are mosaics. And a mosaic cannot be completed with just one snapshot. So in going through the back nines and in going through the trials and in going through the tests and in trying to, to, to do like Abram and Sarai here when we were studying, trying to reconcile what God is saying is so and what we're seeing as being so in that instant, our minds, if we're not careful, can start playing tricks on us. And this is where it's critical for us to understand that we're walking by faith and not by sight. Because that snapshot is just, a, it, it's a quick pick. It's a quick pick that's being used by the artist that is God to make something beautiful that is our lives. To make something beautiful that is our testimony. But we can't have a testimony unless we're tested. Because grammatically the word testimony can't happen unless the root word is in it. What's the root word of testimony? Test. Test, that's right. One can't have a testimony unless there's a test. And the snapshot mentality gets us so focused on the test that we think that the test in and of itself is our testimony. Well, I got to get this right because, and I got to do this because this is all that, that life has for me. That, that's not the case. That's absolutely not the case. But we all stumble. I, I don't know if you remember a few... Uh, lessons back, I, I talked about um, how Abraham made it to the Hall of Fame of Faith. But Abraham didn't get to the Hall of Fame of Faith, using the sports analogy real quick, with a 1,000% winning percentage or 100% winning percentage. He had some defeats. He, he had some setbacks. He had some stumbles. He had some missteps. He's the father of faith, which means we have some stumbles. We have some missteps. And in many, many cases, those missteps happen because of situations like what we're about to look at, the whole snapshot mentality. So my question to you, now that we have a, a, at least a general understanding of what a snapshot is and how it relates to what God wants to do in our lives, my question to you is this, just a question to ponder. Uh, what are some signs, in your opinion, of a snapshot mentality? What are some things that, in your mind, you, you think you may want to look for? You know, to see if you're functioning with a snapshot mentality. Anybody. There's no right or wrong answer here. Just your thoughts. Um, I would say a thought that I have a feeling of defeat. Okay. Um feeling of hopeless hopelessness because usually we feel this way based off the situation situation that particular situation that we go through mm -hmm. um, um yeah those are the things i would say and then also like you talked about fear okay fear okay. and anxiety Great. Thank you for sharing all excellent answers. Anybody else? For, for me, um, I say um, my physical senses being engaged too much. Um, 
being more caught up in my feelings or being more caught up in my my positioning than in God's position in, in the situation. To me, that's some signs of a snapshot mentality. It's all good answers. What we're going to look at tonight is just three things in what happened on Abram's journey that allowed him to fall prey to a snapshot mentality. A snapshot mentality seeks to help God out, in air quotes. Seeks to help God out. Um, if someone can, can someone read this slide? If not, I can. It's not a problem. Now, Sarah, Abram's, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarah said to Abram, See now the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into the maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarah. Genesis 16 and 1 through 2. Here we find Sarah, Sarai and Abram functioning with the snapshot mentality. God had promised that he would establish a great nation. Oops, I lost it. A great nation through Abram. Yet he had no children. Concerned that God had missed a detail in his plan, Sarah and Abram decided to help God out by conceiving a child through Sarah's servant Hagar. Like Abram and Sarah, our flesh is moved to help God out when we don't fully understand his plan, yet this is the essence of faith. And we must keep our eyes on his mosaic that he is creating with our lives. Thank you. Thank you. Any, anybody have any thoughts on that? Okay. So let's look at the picture a little more up close and personal. So Abram, by this time, I'm sure, has shared with his wife, Sarai, what God said back in Genesis 12. They both have, have they, they, they both are, are, informed of what's happening abram took off initially and we talked about this earlier and took a lot with him he wasn't supposed to uh he overcame that hurdle because again you know the faith journey is not about being a thousand percent but it's about ultimately trusting god 100 percent um abram ultimately sought god god gave him provision and a way out at some point in time he did bring sarai along for the journey which is where we find ourselves here god had given abram and sarai the promise of a child and if you know uh, you all have read this it, it says and i'm paraphrasing uh when this promise is given and it's a line that people quote a lot a whole lot i know growing up i heard a lot that that sarai laughed she laughed you know and i was like okay what's what's i'm paraphrasing now you know what's what's, what's so funny you know and she really oh wasn't supposed to laugh but what happened was that going back to what I said before, the whole back nine mentality. Okay, God, you said it. I believe it. That settles it for me. That's the approach many of us take. That settles it for me. And ideally, it should settle it for us. But when we find ourselves in the back nine phase of our journey, when we find ourselves in the phase of our journey where there's no uh, uh, glamour, there's no support, there's no nothing but basically us, God, and our situation, it's easy 
when we go day after day after day after day of, of praying and, and seeking God and believing God for something and not seeing it to think, well, you know what, maybe, maybe, maybe I missed something, you know, but, but maybe I missed something or maybe there was something else I was supposed to be doing because I know God wouldn't put me in this place because he told me I was going to have this, this and this. But he's got me here and there's no conceivable way that being here, I can have what God promised. And this is how the enemy perverts. So he blew up that discrepancy in your mind in a disproportionate size. So instead of looking at the whole mosaic, you're looking at that snapshot. Well, obviously, one might say if, the, if it's disproportionate, obviously God needs me to help him out right here. Now, right then and there, that's a red flag because God doesn't need our help because at the very beginning, the scripture said what? My thoughts are what higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. I don't need your help. Because while you're looking at one level, I'm looking at a whole nother level. And God is desiring to bring us up to his level. Not allow us to pull him down to our level. Which he wouldn't do anyway. But many times the snapshot mentality comes into play when that tug of war starts. And when that tug of war starts, that tug of war, which is which is flesh, flesh led and, and, and sight driven on our part. It moves us to do what we're not supposed to be doing. It moves us to do stuff when God desire us, desires us to be still and know that he's God. Be still and say what I have for you to say. Be still and do what I have for you to do. Be still and think what I have for you to think. Because my ways are far above your ways. And where it might look in your mind like you need to be doing this, you need to be doing that. What needs to be happening? Because I'm looking at the bigger picture. I know what picture I want to put right after this one. I know that you're on the back nine. I know that you're struggling. I know what I said because I'm not, I, 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 I don't have dementia. I know what I said. I didn't misspeak because heaven and earth will pass away before one jot or tittle of my word comes back void, God says. So I know what I said. I know, I said, I know what I said was going to happen. I know where you are right now because I'm everywhere and I know everything and, and, and I see everything all at the same time. So I see where you are. I see where your destiny lies. I see what's between you and your destiny. I see every pitfall. I see every trap. I see every trick. But I also see every blessing. And I see every opportunity. And I see every soul that's connected to your journey from where you are now to where I have for you to be. And I need you to take that journey. But the snapshot mentality says, well, God, you must have missed something. So let me help you out, because obviously you wouldn't you wouldn't have put me in this situation. And that's why so many of us get in trouble. And that's what happened here. They got in trouble. They got in trouble because Sarai decided, well, you know what? I'm past childbearing years, even though God didn't put a time limit on it, because God can open up any womb, which he did later on, open up a womb, open up her womb. So let me just do what custom says, because custom said back at this time that if a wife was barren, the wife would offer her servant, her handmaid to her husband, and she, and she would become his wife also and would be the surrogate bearer of their children. So she she offered up Hagar and Abram's like, oh, oh, oh OK, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do it this way. So so many things went wrong here, because even in that instant, even in that instant, what happened here was Abram had taken his eye off the prize. He had taken his eye off of the sevenfold blessing and declaration that God had said. Even before that, 
God said, leave your country, leave your kindred, go to a land that I'll show you. That's the plan. That's the plan. In the process of doing that, he came back to begin to bring filler to that and, and put, put flesh and bones on that. You know, after the sevenfold blessing, I'm going to bless those that bless you, curse those that curse you, and so on and so forth. He gave a little more clarity. You're going to have a child. You're going to have children. These children are going to be the ones that are going to populate the land. They're going to populate uh, the earth. They're going to populate and be a, be a part of your seed and all that stuff. And he's like, okay, God, I hear you, but I'm on the back nine here. And I've had to fight for everything that I got. And I'm out here by myself. Which, quick aside, that's what God exactly said. I wanted you out here by yourself. But I'm out here by myself. Abram's saying, it's just me and my wife. And you've come to us and you said we're going to have a child. But I'm 100 and she's 90. And as far as we see and know, those days are long gone. So I don't know what to do. She don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. So Sarai got the bright idea, well, you know what, given where we are right now and the state that we're in right now, and given what I see in the snapshot that, that I got in my head right now, it looks like obviously in helping God out, there must have been something he missed in this. But God is so awesome. He put everything we needed in this snapshot so we can just take Hagar and use her to fulfill what God is saying. That's not what God said. Because faith, again, is what? Saying that it is so. Even when it's not so, that it might be so. Because God said so. If God said you two are going to bear children, you see the seed is going to come from you and come through Abram and, and come through your womb, Sarai. Stand on that. But what the snapshot mentality does is it pulls us away from standing on God's promises because when we can discipline ourselves to the point of standing on God, standing on God's promise when it's difficult, Standing on God's promise when it's a test. As God blesses because of the stand that we take, we pass that test and begin to expand our testimony. And faith is nothing more than our willingness to allow God to expand our testimony and to expand us as he expands our testimony. Because each time a snapshot is taken of us being on the back line and being in the valley, every time he enlarges our territories and expands our borders through our faith and we exalt our God, there's a snapshot being taken of that too. And there's a reason why they're snapshots and not photographs, because as I, I was digging and looking at the definitions, the Lord showed me the difference between the snapshot and the photograph. Snapshots in most cases are, are natural. They're not staged. They're not set up. They're not directed. They're natural. Snapshots in most cases are taken by amateurs. Snapshots in most cases catch the, the subject in its most natural state. Even when you say smile, their smile is in its most natural state. They're not made up. They're not under studio light. The sweat's not wiped off them if it's a hot summer day. The 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 uh, flush in their cheeks is not uh, uh, photoshopped away if it's a cold winter day. They are in their natural state because that snapshot is, is designed to remind the person that sees it, the person that took the picture of what was going on. And to show what was going on in the in that instant in the mosaic, 
So what God does is he allows these snapshots to be taken, but in the midst of these snapshots being taken, he, which is what a, photo, a photograph is, a photographer, he's taking each of these snapshots and he's professionally arranging them so that they tell a story. And he's professionally arranging them so that it flows. And he's professionally arranging them so that there's continuity to them. Because every snapshot that's taken from test to testimony, from test to testimony, is bearing out what the word says, moving from faith to faith and from glory to glory. Yes, God, I remember that I was tested here with this diagnosis, but here's a picture of me uh, a year later and I'm well. Yes, I know I was tested here in my finances after that, but God, here's a picture of me uh, with my promotion and holding the keys of my new car. Yes, God, I know that this happened, but here's a picture of me being victorious and here's a picture of us growing and here's a picture of us advancing and that happens once we allow God to move by his spirit and not help him out. The greatest help, if you will, that we can be to God in times like this is being still and knowing that God is God. But the snapshot mentality has us do just the opposite. And when we do just the opposite and try to help God out, as we see here, it has disastrous effects. Does anybody have any questions or any comments that they'd like to ask or, or share at this time? Everybody still with me? Am I making sense? Yes. Okay. Okay. So, a snapshot mentality, secondly, um, always gives us more than we bargain for. It really does. It always gives us more than we bargain for. Um... If someone can, can someone read this slide? If not, I can read it. I can read it. Okay. Miss Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. After Abram had dwelt 10 years in the land of Canaan, so he went to, into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. Mm. Notice that it was the moment, moment that should be moment. Yeah, I was typing that fast. Sarah knew that Hagar was pregnant, that she despised Hagar. This is because Sarah realized in that moment that her desire to create perfection by sight carries dangerous. Living Witness Ministries is a church on the move that's dedicated to sharing the good news of Jesus Christ through the preached and taught word, community outreach, and practical ministry designed to save souls and change lives. You can sow into the ministry via our cash app at dollar sign LW Ministries 2020. That's dollar sign LW Ministries 2020. Sow your seed in the good ground of Living Witness Ministries today. And thank you for helping us reach the world with the life-giving word. I pray that you were blessed by today's word. The Bible tells us that if we confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord, and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, that we would be saved. If you've never taken the opportunity 
to do either one of those things. Won't you join me now in prayer? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I come before you a sinner. I believe that you sent your son to die that I might live. I believe that he lived, died, rose again, ascended to heaven, and is coming back for sinners just like me. I confess my sin, I ask you into my heart, and I ask you into my life. Thank you, Lord, that by faith I am now saved. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I'd like to welcome you into the household of faith and into a loving relationship of salvation with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Please email me and let me know of your experience or if you have any prayer requests or praise reports, please email me. The email address is livingtowitness at gmail.com. That's living, the number two, witness at gmail.com. Until next time. This is Pastor Derek Thomas, encouraging you to live your life as a living witness.